0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to The Hill. I'm your host, Tim Sparks, here again for another episode. Thanks heaps for joining me. Uh, Gee, there's a lot going on in the world at the moment, uh, especially down here in Victoria um, with this coronavirus, so I really hope you're out there uh, staying safe, staying well, and looking after each other. But at the same time, I hope you're enjoying your rugby league, and that's what I'm here to talk to you about, your rugby league, my rugby league. Our Rugby League. That's what we do here on the Hill. We talk about league. We love the code. We love the game uh, and everything about it. So I've got a big show for you, uh, everyone. I'm going to uh, go through a couple of the games from last week. Didn't really think much of the footy, to be honest, last week, but I'll talk about that soon. Uh, We might do a little bit of a preview of next week. Uh, So that'll happen towards the end of the show I've got a Tiger Corner for you A proper fair income Tiger Corner Where I'm going to sink my teeth into how the Tigers are going uh, This week, got a few shout outs Which is something that's happening now Uh, I'm going to talk about Rugby League Shorts for about 5 minutes So that's something to look forward to We talk about the 1990 Kangaroo Tour a bit later on in the show Plus I'm going to go through some issues Alright, we've got a bit of stuff going on with Gould and Volandis And him working at the NRL uh, the bunker, some player movements, some sponsors, uh, stuff like that. That'll be covered, don't you worry. Uh, I've got the next installment of my least favourite teams to my most favourite teams. So we're starting to get in the top eight here, uh, everyone. So maybe even a couple of surprises uh, in there for you. That's happening. Uh, and probably some more stuff too, all right? Just whatever comes to my mind, which seems to be happening now that I'm flying solo on this podcast. Uh, so yeah. A hell of a lot to get through. So I'm just going to start it off. I'm actually going to start it off by just telling you how my week's been. Because, uh, you know, by and large, it's been pretty good. But it's been a bit of a busy one for me because I moved house. All right, so I've, and I've stayed in the same suburb. It's been pretty nice. Just around the corner. Pretty easy move. Uh, why would you care about this? Uh, apart from just showing a bit of an interest in my life, which I'd appreciate. And thanks if you do. Uh, otherwise, you probably don't. But the point is, during the move, uh, I've been without the internet. So I've been out without the internet for three or four days. I've uh, still managed to do this car. So, you know, um, you'd be proud to be there. Uh, people that have been listening knowing my issues with technology sometimes. But the point is, I've been without my KO subscription. All right. So I haven't had uh, the programs, as Pezza would call them. Uh, for, for this week. So it's, it's mean, it's basically mean, uh, an NRL 360 detox, uh, of sorts, which has been interesting. You know, people detox from different things in their life. Uh, you know, the, the usual sort of ones are sort of, you know, things you put in your body, you know, alcohol or sugar or something like that. And people start to, you know, they find it difficult for the first couple of days, but then they start to see a change. Uh, and it's usually for the better, you know, something like detox from social media, etc. You know what I'm talking about here. Uh, but I, I found myself, I've detoxed from 360, which, meant, which means, basically, I've detoxed from Paul Kent, uh, mostly. And yeah, it's sort of an interesting one. Uh, I really missed it the first night, like on Monday, I was really unsettled. I know this sounds really cliche, it's like when people say I oh, quit smoking, the first three days is the hardest, or whatever it might be. But this is actually my experience. Uh, I was really unsettled on the Monday, like, I, you know, sort of 6.37 o'clock rolls around and I wasn't really sure what to do with myself. Uh, I don't even know what I did in the end, like, I didn't watch other television, I think I just, like, cooked for a bit longer and uh, maybe tried to listen to some music or something like that. Uh, it was a bit strange, a bit different, but um, the next few days I sort of, uh, it felt okay, so... I don't know, yeah. I, obviously, as soon as, you know, old mate from my internet provider turns up tomorrow and clicks things into gear, uh, will be the real test, you know, to, to see if I've, you know, really given it up or anything like that. Not suggesting that I wanted to give it up. Uh, but what I really hope I don't do is go back and watch them in reverse. Like, I think that'd be a disappointing thing to do. Because uh, it just sort of begs the question. It got me thinking, like, how much... Commentary and how much opinion from the same kind of people do you need in your in your life, sort of day in, day out, about the code. Uh, and I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know what you guys think. I don't know. If I, I know some people here are program watchers. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a good thing to relax and unwind sometimes. You've been at work, you've been doing things all day, and you can just sort of sit and zone out and chill out, which is maybe what you guys do with this podcast, and that's great too. But... Uh, but yeah, just it's just something I think about sometimes. Is you know, we, we we've got all this commentary, and I'm aware that if I, I keep sort of saying we don't need all this commentary, then this podcast might die in the ass. But I'm not suggesting that. But it got me thinking. A few years ago, I went to like five days of a test match. I went to every day. Uh, I just thought something I wanted to do, uh, and I realised as I was there, I was like, you know, I was sitting there with my mate, and we've got it to day through. I was like, you know, we can watch this game without commentary. You know, and it, it, you sort of get a different experience around what's happening, and we sort of realise that you know you don't really need people telling you about something all the time. Uh, and I don't know. I guess maybe that's something why I like going to the to the games uh, of League. That is, you know, it's sort of nice just to be able to sit there without commentary and just watch it. You know, for the game's sake, without you know. Because invariably these people usually They don't always have an agenda I'm not going to say that But sometimes they do And even if they don't Just, th- you know I don't know how creative they are With their commentary A lot of the time Anyway uh, I've sort of rambled on a bit there But the point is I've been without 360 in the programs And I think the point is I'm doing okay uh, But it'll be interesting uh, Once this internet connection Gets uh, gets slotted back in So that's that's been a, a, a part of my week yeah. Maybe you guys should a think is it does it affect his show, you know? Like you can't you can't do this now, but at the end of the show, end of the cast that is, you might think, "Oh, well, you know, Sparks, you know, he had a bit more of um, you know, his own unique thoughts on the game, you know, maybe not as influenced by Paul Kent and, and Ben Eiken or Paul Rothfield or whoever it might be. Jimmy Hooper. Uh, or you know, you might think, you know, Sparks, you've got to get back to the programs, mate, you know. Get, do your research, you know, really zone in, listen to what's happening, get yourself right across every issue of the code, and the cast becomes better. So I'd love your feedback uh, at the end of this show, uh, just in relation to that sort of stuff. Uh, so that's been a significant thing of the week. The other thing, uh, I thought I'd mention a, a rugby league dream I had. Uh, seems to be quite a common occurrence uh, for me at the moment. I know I mentioned the, the Blake Green, Cooper Cronk one uh, a couple of weeks ago. But this stream was, it was pretty good, i got to say. I think it came to me, uh, I'm recording this on Thursday. I think it came to me on a Monday. It might have been either Sunday night or Monday night. I I can't remember. But it was a a bit of a beauty. So I'll I'll just tell you what happened. I I found myself at like my original uh, childhood home in Gladesville. So the first, like we moved, I really had two childhood homes. uh, One from sort of essentially my primary school years and then one from my high school years. Uh, And the first one was in Gladesville, um, and that's where the scene was set in my mind as I was um, asleep. There I was, and there were sort of family, sort of past and present, or, you know, as a footage show would say, alive or gone. Uh, There there were sort of old family friends, and it was sort of like a barbecue party type thing that um, my family used to have uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s. Usually on grand final day in footy, there was, I don't think we were watching any footy. Anyway, they were all around, which was great. Um, there was also like a few different people from my new cricket club uh, that I've been playing with for a couple of years down here in Melbourne. I don't know why they were there, but they were there. Uh, and family were just saying, oh, he's a really good bloke, and he's a good bloke. Anyway, that's not the important bit. The important bit was, uh, in come the West Tigers, led by Michael Maguire, sort of to like some sort of post-match uh, function that, that they would do, like usually at the Leagues Club or whatever. For whatever reason, uh, the post-match function was happening at, yeah, my old uh, childhood home. And it was sort of mingling with some of the players, uh, but Madge is a central figure in this Madge Maguire. Uh, and he sort of gets up to give like the, the address or something, you know, to, to thank the fans for coming or, or whatever they might do uh, at such an event. And he gets up and but he's and, but he starts to like instead of just going you know oh g'day, everyone you know thanks for coming it was a good win and you know in a in a quite a positive and and light sort of tone that would fit the mood he did it in like a really like aggressive and. Um, yeah, I guess aggressive and forthright manner As if he was coaching Like with the intensity that he coaches Like he got up And I guess there was almost like a bit of a finger point He was, you know Thanks everyone for coming And, you know, it's really good that you all got out here And being really intense And has that, um Yeah, that, that intense and that almost aggressiveness uh That's about his coaching But he was saying all these really positive things Yeah, so that was about the long and the short of it Um Really enjoyed the dream. I mean, I don't know what it means. If anyone out there interprets dreams or has a think about these things themselves, maybe you could let me know. But it's obviously got something to do with Madge's coaching style. And I guess that's what's in the what's in the news a lot at the moment and what people are talking about is Maguire getting the Tigers around or getting the Tigers out of the rut they've been in the last few years on the back of this coaching style. But anyway, that, that was that. Um, always good to dream about league. Oh, I really like it. So uh, hopefully a couple more of them uh, before the next show that I might let you, let you in on. But I'll carry on here. Uh, a couple of shout outs first. First shout out is to uh, to Big Nino, uh, an old mate of mine, uh, who's up there in regional WA, who called for a shout out, not only to himself, but to all the league fans in regional WA uh, up there around the Pilbara and Karatha region. Yeah. Hello. Thanks for tuning in. Awesome to hear from you. And uh, Nino said that, you know, he's copping a fair bit of flack from uh, the AFL fans up there for being a Broncos fan. Nino, I'd just say, if you're going to cop flack from AFL fans, just tell them to to chill out, that it's okay. There's other codes out there. There's other sports. Just relax, you know. We like AFL as well. It's all good, you know. Uh, That's what I'd say. Nino, for your sake, I hope your Broncos come good soon. I really do. Uh, But you might have to wait till next year for that. Uh, another shout out to Drew Higgins, good friend of the show, the, the birth of his first son. Many congratulations, mate! And in, you know, just sort of fitting and uh, around this cast was that he's called his uh, his son Clifford, uh, which is a great name. And uh, and Drew's a big Manly fan, and I think the birth happened the same day uh, that Pezza uh, put up a footy card of Cliff Lyons. Uh, promoting last week's show. So I think there's something pretty awesome in that. So congratulations, uh, Drew, and welcome. Welcome to the hill, Clifford. Yeah, welcome aboard. All right, if you want to do a shout-out, if you've you've got someone that you want me to say hello to, if someone's doing it tough, I wanted people doing it tough, you know, getting through something at work. We're all doing it tough, but get in touch with me, and I'm happy to give you a shout-out. Birthday, anniversary, whatever it might be, Just a hello, just a how's it going. I'm happy to do any of that stuff. Get in touch on the Facebook page, the DMs. You can DM our Twitter. If you've got my phone number, you can text me. If you want my phone number, you can inbox me. I might even give it to you. Always looking for new friends. Right, last week's footy. Let me have a look here. Parramatta 26, West Tiger 16. Now, I'll address that later on in Tiger Corner. That was a pretty good game. But you know what? I thought, by and large, apart from that, there wasn't all that much to ride home about as far as the footy went, you know. I know there were some good wins. Manly winning away from home, that's good. I guess the Warriors took it up to the Roosters. Maybe it wasn't a bad round after all. Sharkies beat the Dragons. Uh, Canberra beat Souths. Uh, I mean, that wasn't a great game, but it, that's I guess that's what happens this time of year, don't you think? You know, we sort of get into the middle of winter, fair few injuries, uh, usually hit a lot of teams by now. I know we're usually dealing with origin right now with players out, and it's just this time where it's, you know, I guess it's what they call the dog days, isn't it? Uh, where the good teams seem just to keep winning, you know, and they usually do it. You know I guess similar to the way the Roosters beat the Warriors. You know, wasn't convincing by any stretch, but because they're a good side, they just get over the top of them. Those good teams keep winning. Uh, and yeah, I guess the same way the Panthers beat the Gold Coast. Uh, the good teams do keep winning, but you know, it just seems to be sometimes it's just a bit more of a of a, of a grind and a bit more of a slug or, you know, a, uh, not always the most pretty games to watch, but not taking anything away from uh, the code by any stretch. Just saying that I think that's what we're in here, and we've probably got this year, probably a couple more weeks to go, I reckon by around 13, and then we're looking at your run home, you know, this year probably your round 13, so still two rounds to go. So I reckon we've got two more rounds of sort of gritty, sort of dour footy. Then it just starts to get a bit warmer. You start to see the run homes in the paper. You know, you've got, you know, your last six games, home and away, you know. Roosters away, South at home, oh yeah, we can get that one, Raiders away, you know, that sort of stuff that you see popping up in the paper, and then each week, you know, sort of two teams drop off that. Uh, I really enjoy that that time of the year, the run home, uh, but we're not there yet, okay, so we've got to be here now, and enjoying just the, just the, just the dour, grindy type of winter football, and I'm all, I'm, I'm here for it, I'm here for it, don't get me wrong. Uh... Yeah, a few people criticised me for, for sledging Newcastle last week. Well, not so much sledging Newcastle, but I was just saying that I don't think, you know, if they do make the 8 they'll come 8th, uh, is what I said last week. And lo and behold, they just got beat by the Bulldogs. Uh, so people that were a bit critical of that, uh, Peza, that's you. I uh, hope you're watching this weekend. I'm not death-riding the Knights here. That's, the, that's, that's my issue here now, is because you know I've got a soft spot for the Knights. I don't want to death-ride them. But they got a massive game on Sunday against Melbourne. Because uh, if they don't win that, then they're pretty much playing a four-point game with the Tigers the next week. And if they don't win that, which to be fair, it's at Newcastle, they probably will. But if they don't win that, they'll find themselves out of the eight. And all of a sudden, oh, they'll be a bit of strife. Interesting to see their coach, Adam O'Brien, call them entitled. Well, that was interesting. Entitled. Uh, I guess by that he meant they just expected, you know, expected things to happen for him. It's pretty, um, pretty sort of strong language, entitled, you know. Usually people would just sort of say, maybe it's a bit lazy or, you know, oh, we just didn't turn up. You know, we didn't turn up. I guess that's his way of saying, we didn't turn up. We're entitled. Not bad, I guess. But, but it's always... Intrigued me, that sort of idea of, oh, we just didn't turn up today. Well, y- you did. You were there, playing your footy, got your boots on and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, I think it's I not my favourite cliche. Not my f- favourite cliche, if that's okay. But hopefully, for the Knights, they can beat the Storm and they stay uh, in the eight. Good on the Bulldogs for getting a win. Well done to them. Full credit to them, I might say. Uh, the 8's probably well yeah the 8's not happening for the Bulldogs but you know uh, they want to get off the wooden spoon I guess so uh, good on them there and yeah that's about it good on Manly for having a win up there in North Queensland I guess without Turbo uh, that sort of keeps them well it keeps them just in the 8 uh, so so good on them uh, for doing that that's the little wrap of the week uh, what I'm going to go into next all right, uh, for those people that have been with the show, you'll know that I got a request to count down my least favorite sides to my most favorite sides uh, in order. Uh, well, I'm well, as of last week, I was halfway through. All right, so if you're here, you know what I, I said last week. If you're new to the show, you'd have to go back the last two weeks uh, and listen to, to, to my teams uh, from 16th to 9th. But I'm into the top eight. All right, I'm going to start with eight. You can see, you call it my 8th favourite or my 8th least favourite. Is it half full to a half empty? I don't know. I'm going to say it's half full because it's the Cowboys. And I like the Cowboys. I like North Queensland. I spent, I spent only about two and a half weeks a few years ago doing some work up in Townsville. Really liked the place. Really liked the place. And it's just Heartland. It's Rugby League Heartland uh, up there in North Queensland. So, you know, all those Heartland areas I've got a real big soft spot for. Uh, lots of local kind of uh, boys play for the Cowboys, being Queenslanders and North Queenslanders. And they've always they've always played a good style. I guess, you know, Tim Sheens was sort of one of their... I don't think he was their inaugural coach, but he was up there for a fair while and he's probably left a bit of a legacy there with, you know, the way they play their footy and it's always attractive. I mean, Matt Bowen and Jonathan Thurston, you know, playing off each other when they did and when they were in their in their sort of prime there. There was really not much better to watch. Uh, they're going through a tough spot at the moment, but I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll get out of it. Uh, moving forward. So yeah, I really like the Cowboys. Now, my seven to five. People are gonna think, oh, what's you know, what's he doing this for? And you know, he's trying to make a statement with it. Just bear with me. I'm not trying to be too controversial about it, but seventh is the Bulldogs. <laughs> okay, now you you're thinking, oh, what's he talking about? He always sledges the Bulldogs, he says he hates the Bulldogs, he doesn't want, you know. Now, the whole thing about the Bulldogs is, yeah, I don't like them, alright? I do hate them in some ways for what they did uh, to my team in the 1988 Grand Final, alright? I've always carried a resentment towards them, but in sport, you need that. You need heroes and villains, and for us, the Bulldogs are the villains. I'm sure my team, the Tigers, I'm sure there's lots of people out there that don't like the Tigers for lots of different reasons, Lots of people in 2005, you know, that either had a punt on the grand final or they're a Dragons fan or whoever it might have been, didn't expect the Tigers to win. They're going to dislike us. That's great. That's cool. That's what it's about. We need that. That's why the Bulldogs get into my top eight. And you know what? Like, if I was a Bulldogs fan, I would love it. Like, it's just, there's so much um, history, tribalism to the Bulldogs, extremely passionate fans. Uh, And they just, they have a culture. They're one of the rare clubs that still have a culture. You know, they still want to have a big bruising pack of forwards um, and and make that the focal point of their their, their game. They've done that always, you know, and I really like that. uh, And I respect that about them. But I don't like them. But they're still seventh. Hope that all makes sense. Six is Souths. Now, traditionally, as a Balmain Tigers fan growing up, we didn't like South because they stitched us up back in 1909 or 1910 or whenever it was, uh, when there was a gentleman's agreement to forfeit, to not play the grand final out of protest, because I think they put the grand final on as a curtain raiser to a test match. And the South and the Tigers players shook hands and said, no, that's bullshit, we're not going to do it. Uh, South stitched us up and went onto the field, kicked the ball. And uh, won the grand final. I guess when you look back at it, it's pretty funny. Uh, and good luck to them. But, you know, we you, you couldn't like Souths growing up. There was a 69 grand final where basically the Tigers pretty much sort of lay down for most of the game. Uh, so the history books say. Uh, there's further rivalry gathered through that. Mario Fennick and Benny Elias used to go at each other in the 80s when both sides were quite strong. And I was just getting into the code, so there was that. A little bit of dislike, but again, you need it, you want it. That's what it's all about because it's just footy. We don't actually hate them as such, you know, we don't hate them as people. But, you know, as far as the footy goes, it's a rivalry there and we like it. But, you know, to be fair, they probably should be higher up than Six Souths because they stayed strong uh, around the Super League time, they didn't merge. Uh, they sat out that year of the comp where they weren't in, and they came back as a unit, as not as a unit, as a club, uh, as a foundation club. And you've got to respect that. And they stand for they stand for a lot. Uh, they st- they stand for that you know, uh, working class uh, South Sydney area around Redfern, out to Maroubra, to Matraville, all those places. Uh, they've got a great. Um, History with Indigenous players, uh, which they celebrate. I love the black rabbit that they wear uh, as their alternate strip. There's lots to like about the bunnies. There's a hell of a lot to like about the bunnies. Uh, and fifth is manly. How the hell have I put manly above Souths? I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't here. I'm not trying to create clickbait headlines either. Here, if anyone's thinking that, I'm. I'm just, just trying to let you know what goes on through my head. I put Manly there, so I'm going to have to keep it. Oh, that can't be right. I'm going to switch it. South's the fifth and Manly is sixth. But again, with Manly, I've said this before. You know, I know it was traditional and I guess, um, well, fashionable's not the right word. But yeah, there was hatred around Manly. They were the silver tails around the 70s. Uh, they used to pinch all the players from West and Parramatta. Uh, you know, they lived on the beach in nice houses. And won lots of games and won lots of competitions. Now, they were strong in the 90s, I guess, when I was growing up. But then they went through a bit of a lull, and I don't know. They're just, to me, especially these days, with the Trebojevic brothers, I actually don't mind DCE. I know he gets a bad rap in a lot of places. I don't mind the bloke. I'm uh, happy to say it. Uh, they've got bloody half the West Tigers side, that former West Tigers players, but that's by the by. Uh, but again, they're a team with culture. You know, the, the, they thrive off the fact that everyone hates them, that galvanizes them even more. Uh, you know, they're their own community up there on the northern beaches, and that's cool. I get why that is because it'd be a bloody nightmare to get anywhere else in Sydney uh, without a train. So, yeah, good luck to them, old manly. Uh, and you know, again, yeah, you like I like I like rivalry. You know. Uh, I like. There's always got to be a team that everyone sort of hates anyway, uh, and they wear it. They wear it well, old Manly. So so good on them. But they're sixth, not fifth. Okay. So Cowboys eight, Bulldogs seven, Manly six, South fifth. Any comments? If you don't like that, someone called out to me the other day and said it was I was being a revisionist. or it was like, no, it was no not a revisionist. That's that's what Pezza always calls me. No, he said it's recency bias. So apparently, like, because I said, oh, uh, you know. I, for example, I like Manly because of the Tr- Trubovic brothers. Oh, well, that's recency bias. Well, good opinion. Thanks for getting in touch. Doesn't bother me. All right? You might be able to you know, guess my top four. Obviously, Tigers is one. You mate, you won't be able to guess the order. All right? So, stay tuned for that. Uh, and I hope you like that that little segment. Please get in touch with me if you think I'm talking nonsense here. If you don't like this, uh, let me know. Pull me up on it. Call me out. All right? Uh... Because it's you know that's what we're that's what we're about here we're we're on the hill we're talking we're talking lead we're having a difference of opinion difference of opinion is good we like it uh, but that's that segment all right I'm I'm rolling on through this today uh, a couple of issues around the code what do we got I mean there's 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 a bit happening. First, okay, firstly, I was, I was listening and reading something today. The NRL is considering they're going to upgrade the Adrian Brunker, otherwise known as the Bunker. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I thought we are talking about getting rid of it because it was costing them millions and millions and millions of dollars a year. Uh, I'm reading an article here saying the NRL is considering using the use of skeletal traf- tracking... To pick up forward passes as debate continues to rage about the merits of keeping the controversial multi-million dollar Adrian Brunker. Honestly, I stopped reading after that. Like, the fuck's a skeletal tracking? And why are we using it? I thought we were starting to get the idea that the whole problem, part of the problem with the game was being over-refereed. The professionalization of the referees was doing harm to the game because they were nitpicking at everything, without just trying to, you know, uh, allow the game to flow and let the players decide the the result for itself. And now we're going into skeletal tracking. I mean, honestly, it's it's not it's not it's not why people loved the game for so long, and were interested in the game, and it's not why we're still interested in the game now. You know, to get everything right, to get every decision right. Like you can't show me. Think of the best games you've ever watched. Or whatever they might be. Was it on the back of every decision being perfectly right? Of course it wasn't. If what it was, it was probably off the back of a couple of things going your team's way. For once. You know, for a change. That's probably what you said as you called out. You know, thanks for the, thanks for the, uh, for the penalty. For it's nice to get a penalty for a change. Surely, you know, that's what the game is about. It's about, you know, having a bit of fun with it all. Debating whether it was a try or was a forward pass or whatever. Not getting everything right. Because the bunker doesn't get everything right anyway. But I think you see where I'm going with this. Skeletal tracking. Bloody hell. Uh, that's not great. Speaking of things at the NRL. Apparently, Valandis wants Gould in there. I think. Is, is that what's going on? Uh, it's sort of, I'm pretty sure that's what, it, Volandis wants Gould, or other people want Gould, I'm just trying to pull the article up here, Volandis says he does want him, he said he'd be crazy not to have him, uh, that's right, it was Phil Rothfield that said he was blueing, uh, with Velandi's for the first time, over Phil Gould being, going into the NRL, alright, sorry, that probably all sounded a bit confusing, Valandis wants Gould to go in as a consultancy, in a consultancy basis, Uh, whether it be pathways, whether it be referees, whether it be the Adrian Branca, whether it be player development, something in there because he's got such a knowledge uh, of the game. And it was Phil Rothfield that said that's a silly idea because Gould will will ruin it all. Uh, That's good, I guess. Uh, Good that Rothfield's blueing, Uh, With Volandis. And I guess he'd be blueing. uh, With Gould as well. I don't mind the word blue for a fight. I think that's pretty good. Uh, I mean. I don't know about Gould to be honest. The weird thing with Gould is. Is that he rubs me up the wrong way. A lot of the time. But I basically hang on almost every word he says when he's talking. Which is really strange. Which means I respect him. Uh, As a coach, I respect his opinions. But there's just something about him. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about Gould. I mean, realistically, I know he did some stuff at Penrith. Okay, I know he set up some pathways and set up some development systems and their centre of excellence. I get that. But I mean, fair income. Like, he, he got it off the back of, you know, a couple of hundred thousand poker machines at Panthers and then he got then he got other money, that was Packer money. I'm sure of it. You can fact check me on it on that if I'm wrong. I, I don't know exactly how I got it, but I'm sure that's what happened. Uh, and then yeah, you know, invested it. I guess you know into into the football club, which is good. But I mean, seriously, like anyone would be able to do that uh, with that amount of gambling money. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'd be about now, usually, what Panthers are coming second, it'd be about now that Gould would sack the coach, wouldn't it? <laughs> At Penrith, that, that's what happened to um, Griffin, to maybe to Cleary the first time? Uh, to, to other people as well up there, I don't know. Anyway, uh, to me, it just doesn't seem like Phil Gould has really won anything since 1991, as far as club stuff goes. I know he came back and did some origin stuff there. I don't know. I, f- I always find it weird that he's, he's like, he always says he's not coaching because he told Nick Politis he'd never coach against the Roosters. I don't really buy that. Anyway, I probably shouldn't sledge Phil Gould too much if I want to keep this thing going uh, because between him and Volandes, uh that's probably where the power lies. So, uh, Phil, I actually do really like you. Uh, good luck at the NRL and your consultancy role. Uh, Peter Velandis that's a great idea. Uh, and yeah, the NRL will be bigger and better uh, for it. Feel good. Great, great football mind. Great rugby league brain. Uh, keep up the good work there. The uh, Bulldogs have got a sponsor. Good on them. Good luck to them. Now, I said a couple of weeks ago a the thing they needed to do was get that sponsor onto the tummy. Uh, I suggested, what did I suggest? Like Belmore Butchery or Lakemba Fruit Chop or something written in. And I wanted it in red. I just think the red sponsor on the blue and white jersey, there's something about it that looks good. I like it. Uh, but they've gone with laundry hotels, uh, which is good. Good on them. Uh, I, okay, full full disclosure here. I, the only reason I've heard of those uh, laundry families, cause I think it was Stu that like went onto the Bachelorette with Sophie Monk uh, a couple of years ago, and I just remember seeing him then. And he was like one of the richest blokes. In New South Wales or in Australia or whatever. Apparently, these old man's a big Bulldogs fan. The family's big Bulldogs fans. Uh, All the old Bulldogs players used to drink at their pub in Bass Hill or something like that. I think it's good. Uh, I love it when uh, fans, I guess, of clubs end up supporting uh, their club via sponsorship. You know, I was listening to someone talk about like, oh, why would you ever like privately own like a, a football club because you never make money on it? Of course that's not why you're gonna do it. If you're look if you're looking to like either sponsor or buy uh, a sporting team, you're not doing you've got that much money anyway, for starters. Uh do it because you love the game. Because you love the club, you know. Like what Russell Crowe did with South. He doesn't make any money off South. If anything, he loses it. But he loves it so much... Um, that he gives his money to it. So, good on the... I think I'm pronouncing it right. The Laundie uh, family. Blue riding with a sponsorship. I guess that's good. Uh, Would have preferred red. But, um, hey, it's not my jersey. I'm not a fan. So, you know... I'll stay out of it. Uh, good luck to the Bulldogs. I know there's a few fans of the Bulldogs out here. As you all know, that club doesn't stay down for long. So I'm sure we'd be back. I guess Barrett to the Bulldogs as well. That's gonna look weird uh, for me. Trent Barrett in a Bulldogs uh, shirt. You know when like that? You know when like players transfer from year to year. Sorry, from club to club throughout the years. It's always weird when you see them in a in a different jersey like Josh Reynolds. I I'm sorry, but he just still doesn't look right in a Tigers jersey. Uh for mine. I just still see him in that sort of blue and white. Uh you know. Tedesco started to look alright in a Roosters jersey, I guess. Which is sad, but it's true. Uh, but you know, Barrett in a Bulldogs, like he's going to, in a Bulldogs polo or something, or a Bulldogs hoodie, I think it's going to look weird. Because every time I look at uh, Barrett, like I just see him in red and white. Like I can't really see him in anything else. I just, if if someone says, oh, oh, you know Trent Barrett, the first thing I think is just the white, red V, you know. I know he played a lot of Origin, but I don't go to Origin straight away. I go straight to the Dragons. And I can't sort of shake it. And it's weird if he's meant to be the best coach on the market these days. It's funny that the Dragons didn't try and get him. I would have liked that. Anyway, best of luck to you, uh, Trent and the Bulldogs, and to the Laundry family, uh, if, you, if you're all listening. Best of luck. Uh, for feet of the Gold Coast, well, I mean, that's fair play to the Gold Coast. Good on him. That's he's probably, if, he's, if he wasn't the best player off contract, and I don't know who it was. He was the best player off contract. Uh crazy, crazy, crazy times. Uh for the Broncos. You know, for someone to turn down the Broncos and go to the Gold Coast. Uh I know it was for money. And absolutely good luck to him. Uh, but I think he's got friends there. I think he I don't know if he went to Keeper Park, but he went to one of the schools on the Gold Coast. I know he's got mates with um Within the playing group at the Gold Coast. So that's pretty cool too. Uh, do people know that Justin Holbrook, their coach, I only found this out a couple of weeks ago? I found this out on like this sports psychology podcast that's run out of England uh, by like a former uh, soccer coach. Yeah, that Justin Holbrook has the best, the highest winning percentage. Uh, in the Super League, of all Super League coaches. like 82 or something crazy like that. 82% of his games he wins. That's that's outrageous. Uh, so he's a really, really uh, good coach. Um, so it might be time for us to start again, you know, starting to wrap our heads around the Gold Coast being good. Which I don't know what that looks like. Uh, it's been a while since we've sort of seen that. I don't know. I don't know if I like that, or if I'm looking forward to it. I don't know, but I guess that's what we're starting to to, to consider, um, to think. So yeah, if you're out there, start wrapping your head around it. How do you feel about the Gold Coast becoming good? I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't know. There's nothing against them. Like I don't. I'm. I, I'm. I'm not dreading it. Uh, but I'm certainly not. I'm not sort of jumping out of the blocks, going, "Oh yes, the Gold Coast are going to be good." Isn't that a real, you know, you know, shot in the arm for the for the Gold Coast uh, community? I don't know. That's just me. If you disagree, if you are excited for it, tell me. Get in touch with me. Please. Alright, here it is. I promise you a bit of Tiger Corner. There wasn't much of a one last week. Uh, so here it is. Hopefully, Pezza has got the music going. And let's bounce into this. And talk everything Tigers uh, for a good couple of minutes. Just going to pull up the match review. Uh I was really looking forward to last week's game, despite it being on a Thursday night, which you know I don't like. I was really looking forward to it. You know what? I don't think it really disappointed. Like, I really think the Tigers came out and they, they played, like, to the best of their ability. Uh, I was concerned uh, in their attack. I thought they'd sort of match it around the middle, which they did, uh, which we saw, which was really good. Um, but it was just their attack that's just really... It's not quite there at the moment. Um... I've seen in the last few weeks and I guess it's because we're using so many different halves uh, pairings at the moment uh, you know and I uh, yeah I think they should just stick with Marshall and Brooks in the halves for the rest of the year and just and just see it out um, but I don't know I mean yeah maguire has gone with Walters again uh, this week with Marshall and Brooks on the bench uh, but yeah I mean realistically, you're not gonna you're not gonna really be pushing up the top of the ladder if you're gonna keep chopping and changing your halves like that. So that's something they gotta do. Um, but I'm sure Madge will get there. I'm sure Madge will get there with it. Stuff I liked about the Tigers was the four I mean Russell Packer was great, wasn't he? Uh, he's been really good the last couple of weeks. Sean Ball was outstanding. You know, I've been talking him up a little bit here on the cast this year, and lots of Tigers fans have been excited about it. Gee, he looked he looked Excellent, I thought. Um, Haven't s- Josh Reynolds and Benji Marshall both said that that was the best debut from a forward they'd ever seen? I think, which is a big call, um, but maybe fair. Like, you just—it's not often that you see a forward come on uh, and then just start, you know, hitting and winning. Um, I guess collisions and contests uh, with a really experienced and um, hardened uh, NRL forward pack. The last time. I saw someone do that was when Dane Laurie uh, played for the Tigers, probably back in 08 or 09, and he took on Sivana Seaver and Webke, uh, up at Brisbane and just gave it to them, uh, which was really, really cool. So I don't know if people remember him, but um, yeah, Dane Laurie was like an indigenous guy with um, black dreadlocks and just a, a weapon and was just fearless. Um, but he was a bit different because I think he he debuted when he was about 24 or 25 and had played heaps of sort of country footy and things like that. Uh, Sean Bloor is just... I think he's 18 uh, and was out there taking on uh, Nathan Brown and those guys, which was really good. So, really, really excited about that. Uh, look, I'll talk about the the Ryan Madison uh, hit, I guess, or the, the Ryan Madison incident. Um... Because I want to, but also um, Michael on Twitter, Clarkie M seventy six. No, he was talking about Thursday night footy. Uh, it was someone else, Michael Henry, I think it was. Sorry, another Michael. Um, trying to pull it up here. Try to save these properly. It hasn't worked. Uh, apologies for this. Yeah. Michael Henry, wondering at what point, if at all, during or since the collision with Package, you feel the slightest pang of concern or sympathy for Madison? Uh, the answer is yeah, I did. Uh, mostly because I just find it difficult seeing guys get hit in the head. Uh, particularly about what we know about concussion these days. So that sort of stuff, you do worry. And I don't I don't like, yeah, I, d- I don't think it should be celebrated Necessarily knocking someone out. I definitely think it should be celebrated when you get one over someone in a contact, because um, that's the game. Uh, so it was pretty cool to see. I mean, Ryan Madison talked a fair bit of shit. Uh, he did, although he denies saying that he's never said, "Oh, you know, the Tigers won't win a grand final." Uh, he did get on social media a couple of months ago uh, and call the Tigers out for letting Corey Thompson go. Uh, and he's carried on a bit. And he's, he's the one that keeps saying, oh, I want everything to stay confidential. You know, Ryan, just come out and say why he left the Tigers. It was for money. Simple. Just come and say it, mate. Say it and move on with your life. Uh, you know, so he doesn't he doesn't get much sympathy from from me in that respect. Uh, and it was pretty funny to see Packers smash him. But not only that, but absolutely sledge the shit out of him um, as he did it. Uh, which means there probably is a bit of bad blood there between the players uh, and Ryan Madison. Uh, but yeah, I just you know, I, I would have I, yeah, I didn't like I didn't like the the, the concussion side of it. Um, if that answers the question, but just very quickly, I digress very quickly. The person Ryan Madison had the big problem with is Ivan Cleary. This is the thing about these coaches, particularly Ivan Cleary walking out on the club. What's happened is Ro- Ivan Cleary signed Ryan Madison. Uh, for a three-year contract or whatever it is. And I'm sure I had a conversation where he said, yeah, mate, I see you. Where do you want to play, Ryan? Like, what where do you want to play? What's How do you see yourself positionally? Madison would have said, I feel like I'm an edge forward. I really like getting out there, you know, using my hands, using my footwork uh, and being on an edge. That's what I want to do. I want to be the best edge player in the competition. Clearly said, great, that sounds fantastic. Let's do it. Over you come. Nine months later... Sends the whole group a text message. Sorry, boys, I'm not coaching anymore. That'll do me. See you later. Uh, then Maguire comes in and says, no, Ryan, you're a middle. That's that's how I see you. That's what you need to do for the team. Uh, and so from Madison's perspective, I can see how he would be pissed off there uh, if that's what's happened. But the person that he should be getting the shits with is Ivan Cleary. So anyway, that's, that's, that's the stuff on... On Madison. Uh, moving forward, alright, because we've got to move forward. We can't look behind too often. We've got the Warriors uh, at 6 o'clock on a Friday night at the Sydney Cricket Ground. What on earth is doing? Like seriously, like you think it's a weird time in history. I'll repeat that. The West Tigers are playing the New Zealand Warriors at Friday, on Friday at 6 o'clock at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Whilst well, at Leichhardt Oval, I think it's the force bloody playing the Brumbies or something like that, so oh, I don't even know where to start on that. Uh, but, you know, it's it, the Tigers have just got to win it. Simple as that. Uh, and they should win it. And they're slowly becoming a team that is starting to beat the teams that they should beat, which they haven't always done. Uh, so, look, I think, you know, I think... I think we'll get it done. I actually think the Tigers might put a score on here. I know that I'm saying that their attack is a bit um, clunky, uh, as a lot of uh, commentators would say. But, yeah, I just, you know, the poor old Warriors are struggling. And and the Tigers have been able to put some teams away uh, this year. So uh, Harry Grant will have another good game. Great to see Alex Twile back. Uh, that's really, really good. Uh, McKaylee's back as well, which is excellent. All right, so I'll, I just I like the look of the bench now. Like Sam McIntyre looks like a really tough young player. Uh, Tom McKay, Luke Brooks, Sean Bloor. That is a good looking bench uh, for mine. Uh, Josh Alloway is playing really well. Uh, I like to see yeah I like to see Garner just really running those holes as well. Um, yeah, and, and I think I think we'll do well. Uh, so yeah, really looking forward to that, and that should put the Tigers. Uh, um, Whether it's not back in the eight, depending on the results, it'll see them around the eight. uh, And then it'll shape up as a really, really good game uh, against Newcastle the week later before we start to get into the run home. Uh, So that's Tiger Corner. Go the Tigers. Uh, Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Where are we here? Getting towards the end of the show here, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you're enjoying it. Uh, Yeah, thanks for sticking with me. And I'm into your questions here. What do we got? Um, oh, yep. Did the Madison one. Sam Perry. Hello, Sam. How are you, bud? Uh, what do we got here? I'd love some Joseph Swaley analysis. Let's go deep in the shameless public squabble over the commercial value of a teenager. Is he better off single-handedly reviving rugby union and delivering our country the bled as low it craves or running as a decoy in rigid second man plays for the bunnies? Cheers. Well, those sort of second-hand, second-man block plays have sort of become a bit of a thing of the past, Pezza, with the with the sort of new rules and the six again uh, becoming a bit more eyes-up footy. So, uh, especially under Wayne Bennett, who sort of generally encourages his eyes-up footy, uh, Swally might be doing a fair bit more of that rather than running the decoys. Uh, something to think about there. But is he better off reviving Union single-handedly? To get, to get a Bledisloe. I think he's going to need a hell of a lot more help. Uh, I'd like to see him do both. And not at the same time. I'd probably like to see him start off in Union and then come across the league. That's what I'd like to see. Start off in Union, get us a Bledisloe, Uh Get that code going well again. And then come over and show you where's when you're about 23 or 24. Uh, Neil Dis- Dix... Sorry. Ask: Is the Kangaroos nineteen ninety series against Great Britain the best rugby league ever seen? Great question. Uh, put simply, yeah, yeah, I think it is. Um, I mean, you look at the the Australian side. Like, here's the Australian side. For one of the test matches. It goes Belcher, Shearer, Meninga, Daly, Eddinghausen, Lyons, Stewart, Roach, Elias, Lazarus, Siernan, Linda, Mackay. On the bench, Cartwright, Mark Sargent, Dez Hasler, Greg Alexander. Fantastic. I mean, what a team. And then to think that they didn't win every test match in that, you know. um, Great Britain won the first one. 1912, I think, uh, is what happened. Chris jo- Chris John's in the wing against Wakefield. Yeah, like Kevin Walters playing in the centers. Uh, David Gillespie's there. Mark McGaw couldn't get a start in the... Glenn Lazarus. Was he in the other one? I mean, there's just a plethora of teams everywhere. Syrenen. Martin Bell is around. Kerrod Walters is around. Yeah, outstanding. Great jerseys. Uh, Just a great era. Absolutely great era. Um, Thanks for the question. Oh, and on to that as well. Actually, there was a second question. Would Darren Smith still wear Reliance headgear if he played today? I'm sure he would. He'd have to. Uh, Yeah. Never really was comfortable seeing Darren Smith without the headgear. Uh, But good question. Thanks for getting in touch. Uh, And Sam Perry asked me, what are my favorite shorts in rugby league? Uh, look, that's a great question. I said I was going to spend five minutes on that, on this. I'll see how I go here. Um, look, I love league shorts. Like, it's just my... I almost love shorts more than jerseys. I don't know why. Um, but look, I've just written down, in no real particular order, uh, some shorts. And I think it was, um, James Payton, I think, got in touch and said, I'll get you started off with the, uh, um... <clears throat> Excuse me, the old Australian ones. The green and gold from sort of, you know, I think it was a Wally Lewis era um, uh, shot. And they, they're they definitely in the conversation. I liked, I'm pretty sure there was a Forex uh, sponsor on the uh, green and gold shorts at, at a time. I think that looked really good. Uh, just a bit of red on there. Um, yeah, oh yeah, look at them. <laughs> Wally Lewis. I think, yeah, it's, so you, you've got the... The green with the sort of three or four yellow stripes down the side of it, fantastic. Um, I really liked the white manly shorts, sort of talking like this would have I would have been a throwback, I guess, to the 70s. Uh, but they sort of replicated them in the 80s and 90s. Just your, just your standard white shorts with a little bit of maroon down the side. Uh, just really complemented uh, that sort of uh, dominant uh, maroon jersey uh, really really well. Saw a shot. Pezza sent me a photo of um, a manly and Bears jersey today. Got me thinking about that more. Uh, I just always liked white shorts. That's why I like the Roosters shorts as well in white, uh, just with the red, white, and blue. Uh, maybe with a little Roosters logo, on maybe the left leg. Uh, I was always into uh, New South Wales origin shorts. Just the the dark blue, the navy blue on the on the. I guess is it royal blue. Just like that contrast. Always seemed to work. And, you know, with the, the thing about those shorts is, is like, you know, if you're kicking around like junior footy or, you know, when you're sort of, you know, playing yourself as a kid, you'd see like, um, I think I played against this team in Dural, like sort of, what would that be? I don't know. That's Northwest Sydney, I guess, up past Cherrybrook. And they were red and, um, oh, sorry, they were green and gold. And it always spun me out. It's like, why are these guys? And I'm like seven or eight. Um, Why this guy's playing in Australian kit? Like it doesn't make sense. Um, Why did I start talking about that? Yeah, that's right. But and and, you know you'd see blue and white like if you played brothers or something like that. You'd see the blue and white. You know. Um, I mean, anyway, you know what I'm sort of saying here. But I I never saw the the royal blue and the dark blue that New South Wales did. It seemed like it was really reserved uh, for New South Wales, and no one else could touch it. If you've seen it out there, pick me up on it. Maybe it just was in the competitions that I played in that I never came across it. Um, But it always stood out to me, as did the the Rooster shorts, I said. Uh, But I think my favourite shorts were the the Parramatta Eels one. And you know I don't like Parramatta. um, But these are much more like shorts. Like I just loved the the yellow stripe down those blue shorts. It just worked really well, Uh, I thought. The blue and the gold. And just having the... Like, I know we've just seen the Wally Lewis, or I've told you about the Wally Lewis ones with the individual stripes, but, yeah, it seemed like Parramatta were usually the ones just with those individual stripes, almost like the sort of the three Adidas stripes, uh, you know, where you saw a lot of other teams with just the the thick, sort of the thick marker down the short, kind of like what Balmain did with the black and gold there. Uh, but, yeah, he was in my favourite shorts. Um... Oh, man, I had such a good pair of Newtown Jets um, shorts a few years ago. They were way too small for me, so they were nice and tight. Uh, and they were white, just with the blue uh, Newtown logo. Uh, really good. I think i passed them on to a friend of the show, Alex Tay. Um, they were a better fit for him. Uh, hope you still got them, Al. Hope you're still enjoy them. They were a great short. Uh, what's your favorite pair of shorts in league? Hit me up. Photos descriptions, let me know. Uh, And you know where to find me on the hill. Uh, The Facebook page, the Twitter, the Instagram, the DMs. Uh, You know the drill. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I've got time for. All right, that's the show. Because it's a Thursday night, I'm about to hop into uh, Saints v. South. I'm looking at a Saints win there. Uh, and I've tipped Saints, uh, so know my tipping form, which is atrocious, uh, you'll probably be listening to this, uh, you know, with a pretty comprehensive win of the bunnies. Uh, so I think you'll probably get this on the Friday. Look, enjoy the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Enjoy your footy. Hope your team wins. Uh, get in touch with me. Look after yourself. Go the Tigers. See you later.